Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of our podcast, the Gold and Hard Photography Podcast. We are so excited to have you here and we are so excited to be presenting you guys with all this information about all the industry leaders in our country and expanding into the world. So welcome. Thank you for joining. Please subscribe and yeah, just follow along on our journey. To introduce myself, my name is Michelle and I'm the photographer behind the Haldenaces and I'm joined by the awesome Lindsay. Hi, I'm Lindsay from Dear Hard Photos. And yeah, we're just so excited. I think when we both started out in the industry, there was such a culture of meeting with people for coffee and calling other photographers, having chats together. And we feel like a bit of that has been lost, maybe because of COVID, maybe because of who knows why. But we wanted to bring a bit of that back and bring a bit of that community back, learning from each other. And as Michelle said, we have such rich talent in South Africa um, and I think we can all benefit from learning a bit from each other and learning from some people internationally as well. For our first episode, we thought what better way to kick it off than to start with us because it's our podcast and we're both photographers too. So Lindsay, why don't you start by telling us about yourself and just how you got into this industry? Cool. Yeah, so I am 32. I had to think about that the other day because I feel like... COVID and lockdown last year didn't really happen. So 32, I um, I studied photography after school. I think I'm one of the few people that, or few people in the industry that actually studied. Um, and I don't think that's an advantage necessarily. I think it just happened that way. But um, my parents were set on me getting a degree and um, for whatever reason. And Stellenbosch Academy, actually, in Stellenbosch, obviously, was one of the few places that offered a BA for photography or specifically in applied design majoring in photography. So um, I'd heard about it through a friend and I thought, that's great. That's where I wanted to go. I didn't know that I wanted to do photography exactly. I just knew that I wanted to do something in the creative field and they had a whole umbrella of different spheres. And so it was there that I really found my love for photography and my love for telling stories. I never thought I'd do weddings. The wedding photography that I'd seen was stiff and boring and very traditional in the worst sense of the word. I probably also, I wasn't in the phase of life that I was looking at a lot of wedding photography. And so it was the furthest thing from my radar. What I was interested in was fine art portraiture and reportage and telling those like real deep <laughs> artsy stories, um, which I still love. And I think it's still something that I'm passionate about. But weddings surprised me. And it wasn't until I met my husband now, when we first started dating, that um, one of our mutual friends actually got married and said, hey, you're a photographer. Do you have any experience shooting weddings? No. Okay, well, here's a bit of money. Do your best. And they sent me a few links to some cool websites. Um, I think Green Wedding Shoes was one of them. And I just started seeing some international work and just some relevant recent weddings. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. This is so current. This is so fresh. And it's such a cool use of my passion for documentary stories and for reportage and for also incorporating a bit of that portraiture element to it. So yes, I photographed my first one then and things kind of um, just grew from there. I didn't go straight into full-time wedding photography. It took me about two or three years 
working um, part-time and freelance. So I worked as a, um, well, I worked as a, a flexi-time retoucher um, for about two years doing retouching. And then I moved into doing that as a freelance um, retoucher. And then eventually as I grew and as I uh, got enough savings, I, I went into doing to doing it full-time. And uh, probably one of the best pieces of advice a friend gave me when going full-time was, to make sure you have at least three to six months salary and savings before you go full time. And it just provides you with a bit of cushioning and a bit of comfort because as we all know, it's incredibly difficult to be creative and to be light and free and able to create when you're stressed and you're burdened by the worry of money and how am I going to pay my bills. So that's kind of how I got into photography and how I started shooting photography um, I never really second shot. I'm not sure why. I think I, I think I kind of regret that. Actually, I think it would have been really cool to second shoot for people. I've I've second shot once or twice since I've been full time, um, just to learn or to help out a friend, and that's been really cool. But I I I kind of just went straight into it, and I think some of the advantages of that was that I learned quite quickly what my style was and what I wanted to do without being influenced by other people necessarily. But possibly the disadvantages of it was that I had to figure out a whole lot of stuff for myself where I could have asked a friend or I could have learned from someone a lot quicker than how I learned it. an advantage to second shoot, and I feel like I'm very much in the same boat. I just kind of built my business as it went along. But I think for you, you've been in the industry for so long now. I mean, your style is very um, definite and it's very true to who you are. And I just wanted to ask you, how do you feel your business has changed over the amount of time that you've been shooting how long have you actually been shooting so I've been shooting for about just over 10 years um, and my business has definitely changed I think I've tried to maintain a, a level of consistency with quality and just delivering the same kind of quality to clients but I think in terms of my actual style, it's definitely changed. If you see photos from when I first started, my edits changed hugely. Um, but I think also as I've grown as a person and as I've matured, I've my style has matured. As When I got married, I saw things from a whole new perspective or a bride perspective and realizing that the day is actually, it's full on and it's it's stressful as a bride, but also, you know, there's certain moments that are actually so beautiful as a bride to sneak away with your partner and um, that was really special for me and the ceremony like all the things you kind of knew cognitively but I never felt and I think once I felt them I had a whole new appreciation for those moments as a photographer so that definitely influenced um, my shooting uh, that phase of life but then also I've recently become a mom and that's also changed the way I shoot a bit I think uh, it's changed the way I shoot and that I, I see these moments between family and they so much more precious than and richer than they were before. But also it's changed in the way I, I edit my my work. I have to be a lot um, more precise and like to the point and um, no more faffing. I have to kind of have a shorter time to do stuff and I have to go for it. And um, so I don't know if that answers your question about how my business has changed, but I think like all businesses, they were definitely teething in the beginning and, um, you know, learning to to deal with clients. It was a huge thing where 
I think as photographers, sometimes we think it's just about creating pretty pictures or, um, you know, getting recognition on social media or, or whatever it is, growing our business. But I think a huge thing that I learned was dealing with clients and creating a good experience as a business and as a company, not just as a creative. I also wanted just to touch on um, just kind of in a world where things change so often and you mentioned social media. I mean, we are so exposed to so many photographers and we see trends come and go. How do you feel you've remained consistent and relevant in this industry for so long? Well, thank you. <laughs> um, I think it's always a fear of mine is, as I as I grow older, or as I you know that I, I lose touch with what's what's happening and what's relevant to to my clients, um, but I think I think it's just being aware of of what's there and listening to your own personal um, instincts. Like I think there's been many times in my career where I felt I felt bored or I felt stuck, and I think it's in those moments. We use those moments to fuel the next creative phase. And while my clients might not see this, I think it's something that's intuitive where you, you know, you start looking and you you build on, you hustle, you learn. And I think that's kind of the main thing is like you always you can't become complacent. You always have to be hustling. You gotta be learning and improving your own skills, whether it's through YouTube or workshops or chatting with other people, listening to podcasts, say hey. Um, but you're growing your skills and you're sharpening your skills and you make sure that you're always on an upward trajectory. You're not going stagnant or you're not, you know, just flatlining. I like what you said about being intuitive. You can see just kind of how the trends are going and not to necessarily follow them, but just to remain in line with what is expected of photographers. And I also think that goes hand in hand with our life experiences, what we experience in life and how that impacts the way we shoot and the way we view things on a wedding day. And I think that also just ties back to um, just having a family. And I like that you mentioned that. So I actually wanted to ask you because I think one of the things that I'm not scared of, but I feel like when it comes up, I'm not going to be quite sure what to do, but just having a family and running a business, just tell us how you navigate that. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm still new to the family game. I've only got one child, so I have no idea how people with two, three, four, five children do it. Um, but for me, just the process of, or the decision to have a family was quite um, quite a big one. I know for some people it happens um, it happens easily and maybe they're surprised by a baby and then you, you adjust to it, but... Um, for myself and my husband, it was a decision over seven years where we decided, okay, now is the right time, inverted commas, because everyone says there's never a right time. But um, it does take a lot of planning, especially as a wedding photographer. We get booked out so far in advance and trying to plan where you, you're not at a normal company, so you're not getting paid a maternity leave salary. So you're trying to plan your salary for, for a couple of months and still take in weddings, it, it can be quite stressful. Um, but I think the great thing in my overall experience is that clients were incredibly understanding. And I think as long as you're communicating, once, obviously, once you, you know that if you do fall pregnant and your pregnancy, you're in the, you know, past your first trimester or wherever, it's safe to tell people then just communicating with your clients and, and being open and honest. For myself, I, I'd said to the, the kind of later later on weddings, 
I just told them, look, I'm this far along. My doctor says I'm healthy, blah, blah, blah. If you're not comfortable with me shooting your wedding, I've got an, an alternative photographer who'd be happy to shoot on my behalf. Um, but just giving them some options. Um, but having said that, I know this is a whole other conversation and I really do advise if there's anyone that is thinking about it and they're needing some help or they're stressing about it, chat to someone, you can chat to me. I really don't mind telling you a bit more info about about the process and how how I dealt with it. Um, yeah, so send me a message on Insta or wherever and we can chat some more. Running a business and a family doesn't have to be a compromise. It can just be a new way of life. So that's awesome. And yeah, I applaud you for doing it the way you do. It's awesome. One thing I also wanted to touch on that uh, more the business aspect of uh, wedding photography is when I shot with you, I think for those of you guys who don't know, Lindsay and I met a few months ago because she asked me to second shoot for her. And it was like the coolest thing for me in the world. I felt so honored that she asked me. Um, but one thing that I really noticed about you when I shot with you is that you really approach wedding photography very much like a business. So when I say that, let me put it into context. A lot of photographers give the impression that we have to be best friends with our clients, that whenever we book a couple, we have to go to drinks with them or have coffee or have dinner. And by the end of their wedding, we're best friends. And I didn't get that impression from you. And I thought it was incredibly cool. I just felt that I'm not always friends with my clients and I always feel like I'm doing something wrong. So when I saw that you were really approached it as a business, I wanted to ask you, just explain to us your thought processing behind it and how you handle couples on a wedding day in terms of business mindset. Um, I think, yeah, there's probably two folds to that question. The, the first part of it is um, the business mindset and the business approach. Um, and I, I think I touched on it earlier, but I feel like that's where a lot of photographers fall short is from the business side of things. People can have incredible photos, but their communication with their client is awful or their um, on-the-day manner or their timeliness with delivering afterwards is terrible or, or whatever it is. But I feel like that's somewhere where we as photographers can maybe learn and get better at. And I'm not saying I've I've got there but it's definitely something that I'm striving towards um, and I think it's kind of just putting ourselves in the client's shoes and putting ourselves in their situation how how would they feel in this situation how would you know if you haven't heard from someone in six months and you don't know anything about the wedding industry you don't know how their life is you kind of like are they are they still are we still good like you know, what's happening. <laughs> um, and then after the wedding, you like, I know I signed a contract at some stage, but uh, you know, what's, I can't remember what it said. So I, I just try and communicate as much as possible. Um, and sometimes this is impossible to remember when you have like 40 weddings or whatever a year and couple shoots trying to remember all these things. And so I find that's where programs like or customer relationship management programs like Studio Ninja or um, there's a whole bunch of them. That's where those come in real handy because you can set up automated emails. You can, you know, send emails, checking in, sending information um, and you send it off automatically just to kind of let people know you're still there. Things are still good. A week before the wedding, hey, checking in, everything's still good, I'm so excited, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think there's that level of professionalism and 
friendly professionalism really goes a long way. Um, but then the second part of your question is the, the thing about not having to be best friends with all your clients. And I don't know where that came into play where I think it's, for some people it works incredibly well. And I think some people are just wired like that where they can meet best friends wherever they go. Um, but I think it almost became like a weird pressure-filled moment. And I think anytime you put two people in a room together that are strangers and you say, be best friends, it's going to be awkward and there's going to be pressure from, from whoever's heard that, you know. So I, um, I'm obviously friendly to my clients and a lot of my clients are friends of mine. I really do enjoy them. But I think I don't have that pressure to, to try and be best friends with them on the day. Um, my my meetings, my main objective in my meetings is A, to meet people and to, you know, be break the ice a little bit, but it's also to make sure, to get clarity and to make sure that we're on the same page um, with their wedding photos. So when I, I often meet people on Zoom or over the phone before they book me, um, and that's kind of just to get an introduction to, for them to, to get a feel for who I am and for me to get a feel for who they are. Um, but then after that, the meetings before the weddings, I I kind of schedule one meeting, two at most, if it's been a really long time. And that's primarily just for me to kind of make sure I'm on the same page, that I know what their expectations are. Because the worst thing is for me to be best friends with them, to be super friendly, buddy-buddy, but then miss some key moments that I could have got information on before if I'd asked the right questions. So, yeah, I think that... Obviously, being friendly with people is hugely important, but ultimately, they're hiring us for a service, and we're we're a business. And you know, I think that's people are going to appreciate photos that they can really treasure, and all the photos that they really want. With let's be honest, the people they really care about are their family and their friends and their guests. Um, and have an awesome wedding photographer who was friendly and kind and polite, but there wasn't like this expectation to, yeah, I don't know if I've answered the question correctly, but yeah, I think for myself and my personal mentality is that I am a friendly business person. <laughs> so well said. Yeah, like I said previously, it just felt like everyone is best friends with their clients where I didn't feel that that was necessary. It wasn't the space. It's exactly like you said they have friends who are there for them on their wedding day and it's not that we aren't serving them it's not that we aren't friendly it's really just that we are there to do a job and yes we do it to the best of our ability but that doesn't mean we have to be best, best friends afterwards so I really like that about you and I think a lot of people can learn from that totally and I think it also just gives you a, a bit of space for for myself at least but a space to be creative because being best friends with someone, inverted best friends again, um, it's it's time consuming. And often, I don't know about you, Michelle, but I sometimes need moments to just have a little moment to myself on a wedding day to look through my photos, to see what I've got, make sure that I've, I'm happy with what I've got, that I'm meeting the brief. Um, and I think when you're trying to be on, it's difficult to you know, to be all, all of the things. <laughs> Maybe it's just my personality though. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I really hope that someone can really just take this and grow their business off of that business mindset. Cool. So, um, 
Now we get to interview the other half behind our podcast, the gold part, <laughs> um, Michelle from the Geldenaces. So, um, Mish, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started, what's led you to where you are now as a photographer? My business's name is the Geldenaces and my husband and I actually run it together. Our surname is Geldenaces, so it just kind of made sense for us to make it the Geldenaces. And he does the videography and I do the photography, which is such an awesome thing for us to do, to do together. But basically how I started out, I never imagined myself being a photographer or wedding photographer at all. So when I was at school, I just um, had no idea what I wanted to do. And I loved children. So naturally, I just thought, okay, cool. I should be a teacher because teachers love children. And I, re I worked really hard at school. So when I got to studying education foundation phase, I felt very understimulated mentally. And I felt like I had no purpose in what I was doing. Yes, I still love children, but it wasn't the same as being a teacher. So in that time, I was still kind of exploring what to do. I started tutoring and just saved all my money from there. And then I'm pretty sure I just one day went on Take A Lot and saw that they had a special on cameras. So I was like, hey, maybe I should get a camera. Let me just take photos of my life. So, yeah, I just bought my first camera off Take A Lot. It was the cheapest one I could find. No intentions of becoming a photographer. And, yeah, while I was still studying education, I decided to pursue a career in OT, occupational therapy. And I did that for two years as well before actually finally going full-time photography. And in my two OT years, it just kind of felt like it wasn't working. It felt like I wasn't good at being an OT. And in that time, I just kind of started playing around with taking photos of my friends and just once again, really not with the intention of becoming a photographer. It was like, I have no idea why I started to just ask people to take photos of them. But yeah, I just started to fill my time asking couples and my friends if I could just take their photos. And then eventually people started asking me if I could take their photos. And yeah, I just kind of built up from there. And then by the end of my second year of OT, so my third year of studies, it had gotten to the point where I was doing 50% OT and 50% photography. And I just knew that I couldn't go on like that. I had to make a choice. And yeah, then just, I feel that it was just the obvious choice for me to do photography. I felt that it just came so naturally for me. And that even though it felt like I wasn't doing a lot of effort in it, it just started to explode and do so well. So yeah, I kind of just told my parents that I'm leaving my studies. And like Lindsay said, they also, I mean, they just told me I have to get a degree and that is just the way that it worked for them. But yeah, I finally convinced them. And yeah, here we are now. I think it's four or five years later, full-time wedding photographer and loving it. And yeah, I actually just wanted to mention a little story. And I only realized this the other day when I made one of our Instagram posts. But when I was small, I always wanted one of those uh, Polaroid cameras that you just press the button and the photo comes out those old school square type ones and um, yeah I just love that it captured the moment exactly how, how it happened and that you cannot alter it in any way it was literally what you saw is what the photo came out as and I think that is really where my love for photography started that it was just about capturing moments and capturing stories and not just you're yeah, just creating a photo for the purpose of creating a photo. So, yeah, I think that's basically in a nutshell where it started. Just my story. Awesome. And so that, that moment where you found that camera and you loved creating those moments that you couldn't alter, do you feel like you've brought that into your 
into your wedding photography? I know there's there's obviously lots of different styles of shooting. There's pure reportage, fly on the wall vibe. There's, you know, styling, but still capturing memories. And then there's the more pose style. Um, where do you feel like you fall on that spectrum? And how do you feel that just that initial interaction with the Polaroid camera, how do you feel like that's influenced your style of shooting? So I definitely feel that I've brought that thought into our photography business. Uh, yeah, so basically on my first wedding full-time, I had no idea what to expect because, as I said previously, I hadn't really second shot for anyone. And so I just kind of went into the day like, okay, well, whatever happens, I'm just going to capture. And I think I just kind of obviously started to realize what needs to be captured and directed more towards that. But still just going into every single wedding day, just with the thought that whatever happens, I'm going to capture. And yeah, so our little tagline is we capture moments that last a lifetime. And I really feel that that is such a great motto for our business because we feel that we are capturing moments that when you're 80 years old, sitting on your porch with your husband, you can still look at them and feel the love that you experienced on that day. And remember the memories that happened on your wedding day and not that you were putting on your suit for the fifth time because you had to get the photograph. So yeah, I definitely feel that that is such an integral part of our business that um, it's about the moments. And then you mentioned the spectrum of very posed and very documentary, like a fly on the wall. I would say that we fall definitely more towards the fly on the wall side, but still with directing. So I would walk into a room and see, okay, great. This is the most beautiful spot. And then I would tell the couple or the bride getting dressed, I would say, okay, great. So you are going to put your dress on here. And then I would step back and just say, great, you're going to go for it. I'm just going to capture now and then let the moment unfold. So we direct, but we do not pose in the essence that we create photos. Yeah, I think that would be the best way to describe it. Yeah, that's awesome. I think I have a similar approach where I say I, I place rather than pose. So you kind of... And I mean, obviously, like like we said in the beginning, every style is different and there's so much to be learned from everyone. Um, but I think that's probably what drew us together as well was our like-mindedness of how we of how we shoot. So, Michelle, you mentioned that you shot your first wedding. It went really well. And how did you grow your business from those early days of take a lot cameras and friends friends photos to to where you are now what factors helped you to get to where you are so I think for me a very big part of our business has been social media and specifically Instagram so when I started taking the photos of my friends I just started an Instagram for our business and I really didn't have any intention of growing a business as I said previously but I just started posting my photos on there and tagging everybody and people started sharing the photos if they were in it and sharing it on their stories and I think that kind of snowballed into where we are today. So we only uh, got a website last year, even in lockdown, because I had nothing to do and thought we should probably have a website. We're a business. But yeah, social media and Instagram has been such a huge role. And yeah, I just think that social media is such a powerful tool that not a lot of people were utilizing at the time. And it was kind of just, it came naturally and it was just an easy way to share our photos and connect with couples. I would definitely say that that was integral in how our business was grown. Do you find that you get most of your bookings from Instagram? And out of interest, have you found that having a website has helped generate traffic to you? Or what's been your main source of, of traffic? 
personally, I feel that most of our bookings come from Instagram, but I feel that having a website has really created a, um, like a reputation for us as a business. So it feels like we are more credible because we have a website now. But even on our website inquiry form, we have a section where people have to fill in where they heard about us. And I would say 80 to 90% of those people would tick Instagram. So, yeah, I just feel that our Instagram account has really been the only way that our business has grown. But I do think that there are so many opportunities with a website. I've listened to podcasts where I've never heard of the people. And then I go on the Instagram and they have so little followers. And then I just always thought to myself, but you don't have a lot of followers that doesn't make you very credible. And then I just listened to the podcast and realized that their SEO is on point and perfect and so good and that they utilize just a completely different marketing tool than us. So Instagram is not the only way. It just happened to be the way that worked for us. So it's, I guess it's quite interesting now with Instagram changing to being more of a video sharing platform. Uh, what is your advice to future for all well, not just future photographers, myself included, all photographers wanting to up their game on social media and get that presence out there. We have a very unique case because we are a photo and video company. So it has been easier for us to grow because we are knowledgeable about video and we know how to explore those avenues because we have the video background as well. But I would just say to photographers, don't be scared of video. It is really so similar to photography and I think it is a huge benefit to be able to do both. I know that a lot of photographers get asked often, like, do they have a videographer that work with them? And if you are able to offer that skill as well, it would be such a benefit to your business. But in terms of Instagram being more of a video sharing platform, it's awesome. I love Reels. I go on Reels and I watch them all the time. So don't be scared of it. And don't be scared of showing your face. Or I just think we feel that, oh, now it's video and we have no idea what to do. But just put your photos in a timeline, make a video out of your photos. So it doesn't have to be you speaking to the camera. It doesn't have to be actual videos of a shoot or of a wedding. It can just be transitioning into using your photos in a, in a video format. I like that you said share your face. It's something that I've been trying to do more. I'm terrible at it. But I, I've been, something I've noticed about your Instagram um, although you're a couple and you, you're obviously a business as well, you have a very clear voice and you have a very clear um, like brand identity and way of speaking. Um, tell us a bit about, and I suppose you asked this question earlier, but there's so many different ways to try and market yourself and you know everyone's trying to be the next, I don't even know, Instagram influencers. That's how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's trying to be the next michelle <laughs> how do you how do you go about finding your voice on on instagram and and social media platforms how do you stand out from the crowd i definitely think that finding your identity outside of social media is an integral part of it so you have to know who you are what you stand for as a person not just as a business and then i think that will translate into being who you are on social media and I think it's very difficult to start showing your face or having a voice on social media as a person. So just start slow. I always tell people, even if you just start by posting a photo of yourself on your stories and then slowly transitioning into speaking on your stories. And you know, I think for us, it was kind of, we just started because we thought, oh, let's just do it. Let's just 
go for it. Yes, it was super awkward in the beginning, but now we're so used to having a voice and just being who we are. And I also think it came with a lot of experience. So people think, oh, it happened so quickly for them, but it has also been five or six years that we have been in this industry trying to build our voice. So I would just say, be true to who you are, stand up for what you believe in. And I think that will reflect in the business that you have. So for us, it has really been just being a husband and wife who love each other and love the Lord. And I feel that that is very much communicated across our um, Instagrams and just how we portray ourselves. And yeah, just the love of storytelling and the love of capturing moments. And yeah, I think that has been a resounding voice for us, just that it really is about the moments and capturing just the story of a wedding day. I love that. Um, you touched on just sharing personal things about yourself and um, obviously you and your husband and your faith. Um, and so I wanted to ask what, in your opinion, because I think there there is a line where, you know, we there's personal but still trying to be professional. How, in your opinion, do we maintain that as photographers where we're obviously showing face, we're being relatable, but we're still a business, we're still being professional. I think I'm very opinionated about this because I think at the end of the day, you have to think who is your following? What is your following made up of? Because I think people are very quick to forget that their following is also made up out of their clients. So when I go to an Instagram page and I see a lot of personal things, yes, it's great. And I love knowing who the photographer is and knowing who's going to show up on my wedding day because I think there's nothing worse than going onto a page and you literally have no idea who the photographer is I mean you don't have a name you don't have a face nothing so I think it's really good to show your face but then on the other side professionalism is very very important because you are a business and you are showing up to your clients as a business yes they can relate with you and yes, they can love who you are as a person, but being a business is still, at the end of the day, the most important thing. So there's nothing that um, irritates me more than going on an account and seeing people bad-mouthing their clients on reels because it's relatable to other photographers. Sure, it's funny. Yes, it might get a lot of views. But if I was your client, I would really think, Yo, I don't know if I really want this person to photograph my day because they're being really unprofessional on social media. So you know, just remember who your following is. It's clients and other photographers. So be professional while still being personal. Yeah, that's great advice. And I guess my last question for now is you speak about we and husband and wife team. How did you guys end up meeting and how... How did you how did you decide that you wanted to work together? And also, while we're on it, what are some of the the pros and cons of working with your spouse? So basically we met at church. I thought he was really good looking and I stalked him a bit and then eventually we met and yeah, then we kind of started dating and it was great and now we're married. So that's kind of how we met. But when we met, he was still uh, studying as well. He was pursuing a career as a lawyer. And he didn't find any interest in photography while I was doing it. So I was already pursuing it. I think for him, studying, he did really well. And the love of studying was more about the chase. He loved doing well at university. So it appeared like he loved what he was doing. But it was really more just the passion of studying. I remember he used to actually have a competition with himself to see how long he could study. And then the next day he would try to break that record. So it would be like eight, nine hours. (laughs) 
oh, it was crazy. I mean, really. Um, um, yeah. And then at one point he went to uh, intern for a lawyer firm and he just hated it. On the second day he called me and it was a week long and he just said like he doesn't even want to go back the next day. He just didn't like it at all. And I think a lot of people experience that when they study something and then actually go to the workplace and find out it's completely different. And in that time, he just, I think he kind of saw what I was doing. And I think he Googled or went on YouTube and just put in how to use a preset. And yeah, then he kind of found a videographer explaining how to use presets. And he just fell in love with that aspect of it as well. And then he would just come with me to couple shoots. And I think he just got a camera on his own and he would just come with and make like a little video of the couple shoots. And then basically it came down to a friend of mine asked me, do I know a videographer? Because I'm a photographer. I should know videographers. And I just said, well, Gustav is a videographer. He can do it for you. And yeah, then she booked him for his wedding. And yeah, that basically is how he started and got into it. And yeah, now he's full time as well. So it's awesome. And then I think with your second question, the pros and cons of it, I think it is awesome. It is so incredible to have someone who is not only your partner in business, but literally your partner in life. So for couples, we usually just tell them, we think it is such a benefit to have both who are from the same company. Because I've worked with other videographers, and then when I look at their video and I look at my photos, it looks like a completely different wedding. It feels like we captured different things, and it just isn't, I don't know, it just doesn't look the same. Where with Gustav and I, I know what he needs to create a video, and he knows what I need to make the photos so we are the whole time in tune with each other's needs on the wedding day. And then at the end of the day, when you look at the end product, they reflect the same thing. They reflect the same mindset. So I think it is a huge benefit. Obviously, I think there might be a few um, cons as well. I think working with someone on a wedding day, no matter who it is, can be difficult because you do have different voices. But I said it the other day as well to someone else on uh, Instagram Live that when you go into a wedding day, you have to think what is the best interest of your client. And we have to have that in mind when getting our shots. So a lot of times I will want to put the couple here to get the shot over here where Gustav will see something completely different because we are both creatives and he will want to put them somewhere else. And then sometimes we both have to compromise. We have to say, okay, cool, it's fine. We can do it where you want to do it. Or he has to say, we'll do it where you want. And there have been times where I regretted the decision we made because I felt that my place was much better. But then other times we just realized, wow, like we have to compromise and think about what is the best interest of our client and really just go with that on the wedding day. So put aside your ego, put aside how you're feeling and just have your client's best interest at heart. So yeah, there are little fights that come up, but I think it's much better to work with someone who you know and love and to work with a stranger who you meet on the day and then not even know what to expect from them. Yeah, I think it definitely has its pros and cons. It's interesting hearing about the way you guys choose spots because I think for myself, um, I obviously don't have any videographers in my team. Um, I have videographers that I recommend and that I love working with. But I think my generally the the approach is, they've, or their approach to me is, Lindsay, you go for it, you say what you want. If there's something we see, we'll jump in and say it. Um, so it's it's really interesting hearing how you guys work together. That's really cool. Um, do you guys only work weddings together or do you do, you do weddings separately as well? 
basically we do do separately and together, but obviously we do prefer to do it together. So I would say about 80% of our weddings we do together. Gustav is also at a place where he doesn't want to do so many weddings. So uh, I think the only time we really work separately is if a couple would only want photography and then they would book me. And then if we are available on that day and someone inquires for video, then Gustav would take on that booking as well. So then we would do it separately. But I think if a couple wants photography and videography on their day, most of the time they would take both of us. They wouldn't use another photographer or another videographer. So, yeah, I would definitely say we work together most of the time. That's awesome. All right. So that brings us to our next segment of the podcast. It's going to be a reoccurring segment where we ask all of our guests and we also will ask each other, and then it's called Expandagram. And in this segment, we look at a picture from each person's Instagram. And we find out a bit more about the context, the behind the scenes, and just a little bit more extra info on that image. So the images that we've chosen for this week, and a little sidebar, you'll be able to find those images on the YouTube channel as well as on our Instagram account. So you can scroll through and see, see what we're talking about. Um, but the images that we've chosen for this week come from the very first wedding that we shot together, like Michelle mentioned. Um, and so, Mish, yeah, you can start us off on the, the image that you've chosen. This photo was taken in the first dance, the couple's first dance. And I think what made it very, very unique was it was kind of just after um, a big portion of the lockdown where we weren't able to have weddings. So everyone at the wedding was really into celebrating. They were having such a good time because it felt like for so long we couldn't celebrate. So, I mean, it was such a lack of vibe. And then what made it even crazier was that we had no idea that there were going to be confetti poppers. I mean, we're just doing our thing, photographing the first dance, and I don't know how they communicated. Yeah, I don't know how they communicated with all the people there except us, that these confetti poppers were going to go off at the same time. But we didn't know. So I think they told everyone when he dips or something, everyone has to pop the poppers. And they did. And we had no idea. So it was a huge surprise. But in the end, it was kind of like Lindsay and I just running around trying to get the shot because the confetti also doesn't last very long. So yeah, I managed to get the shot and I was very, very happy about it because we had no idea what to expect. And no, it was just kind of out of the blue, but yeah, it was awesome to see at the end that I actually did get the shot when we were so unprepared for it. And sidebar, that's why having two photographers is so great because I did not get the shot. I think I got the tail end of the shot because I was looking at a previous photo and I was like, oh crap, ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, we did not know what was happening. And the image that I've chosen is um, one of, the couple walking in the streets um, during the couple shoot. So this wedding was taken in downtown Joburg. And I'm from Cape Town. Mish is based in Pretoria. And so I don't know anything about Joburg, to be honest. I thought that it was like Cape Town City. And so when I told some of the people that I met in, or some of my family in Joburg that I was, you know, shooting and staying in, in the city center, they're like, oh, be careful. You mustn't, mustn't do this or that. And I mean, I don't know how, how true it is, but I got I got quite a fright. And so we ended up driving to the wedding, which was literally across the street because we were nervous to walk with all our bags. But the behind the scenes of this photo 
was um, the the groom, lovely, awesome couple, but he was a little bit more hesitant on having photos taken and wasn't that keen to pose for too long. Um, they were doing amazing. And I kind of, I'd said to them, guys, look, I'd really, really love to get um, just a view from a, a higher vantage point. The Airbnb where I was staying at had a rooftop which looked out and it was right opposite. So I was like, can we go there? And he was kind of like, oh, I don't know. Um, the bride was keen, so she's like, no, no, let's go. Um, and for me, this is like um, I part of my nature is I always want to make sure that the couple are enjoying themselves and are having a good time. And yes, I'm there to provide good photos, but I'm also there to make sure that they don't have a crappy experience. And I don't want them to walk away looking at their photos and the only thing they remember is how the photographer was so pushy and pushed her own agenda rather than, you know, letting letting them have fun. So, but I really felt strongly about this and she was keen. So I was like, okay, cool. We'll do like five, 10 minutes max. Um, so we went up and it was this beautiful sunset and um, at the end of the shoot, the groom actually was like, oh, that was so good. I'm glad, I'm so glad we went up there. It was really, really cool. Um, yeah, so I think that's kind of the little behind the scenes on on that image. Um, it was such an awesome wedding, and I'm so glad that we got to meet each other through it. Yeah, I think I will always be grateful that I had the opportunity to not only work with you, but yeah, that it just led to this awesome podcast. And yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, with that, I'm going to introduce you guys to our last little segment, and it will also be a reoccurring thing, but. We just will be asking all of our guests what is one thing that they wish they knew back when they started photography. So, Lindsay, kick us off with what you wish you knew when you started out. Okay. One thing I wish I knew when I started, um, I think there's two because it's our podcast and we can make the rules. Um, one is, I touched on it earlier, is that as much as delivering beautiful photos is primary, being a good business owner and having good communication skills and business skills is also vital for having a successful business and for growing your business. We could have amazing photos, but no one sees them and you don't grow as a business. So I think growing the business side of things or knowing a bit more about that is something I wish I knew. Um, and then also I think it's a another thing that would be key is focusing less or focusing more rather on beautiful moments. And I think that's something that definitely grew with me where in the beginning, maybe my main focus was the couple shoot and um, the rest kind of felt like something I needed to capture where I think now I really feel like there's the moments throughout the day, like everything is key and the, the couple shoot are a lot shorter for me nowadays than they used to be when I first started out. They were longer, like an hour long. Now they're half an hour, 40 minutes at most. And that's kind of standard because I don't feel that that is the most important part of the day. I think it's it's amazing and I love it still. I love a good sunset as much as the next person. But I think capturing those moments are vital. And Mish, what's one thing that you wish that you knew when you started? I think for me, I would just tell myself that you're not the hero of the story, your couple is. Because I think it can be so easy just to think about what we want. And I think it also goes hand in hand with what you just said, that um, a lot of photographers, they only care about the couple shoot because that's their money shot and what they're going to put on Instagram. But 
you're just to tell myself it's not about you. It's not about what you have to get. It is literally about your client and serving them in the best way possible that their photos represent a cohesive wedding day and, and yeah, just all the memories of their day and not just what you wanted to get for them. So make them the hero, make them the priority and yeah, the rest will just follow. Love that. I want that to be mine as well. And stealing that also. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us for our very first podcast. We hope you liked it. Please send us a message and send us what you'd love to hear more about. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on our YouTube channel as well as obviously this podcast and on our Instagram. So send us some love and we can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for joining. Bye.